And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me on the phone line again today is the Reverend Bill Shishko of Franklin Square and the OPC Church. Brother Bill, it's great to have you here. Good to be with you again, Dan. You know, it was two weeks ago we talked about this important subject of pornography. Perhaps our listeners remember. And in some ways, we had a lot more yet to cover. And I'm glad that we can approach it again today. Um, One of the points that you had made was, we both had talked about, was simply recognizing the problem that pornography does exist. And also the the aspect of how that it, it has really advanced way beyond what was uh, available to people in the 1950s and without getting graphic. And it has to do with the Internet and how that this stuff is available so readily to young people as well as old. Um, And so it's become quite a problem. Yeah, Dan, as I was telling you before, one of the benefits of doing a program like this, it's like preaching a series through a book. When you when you miss something in a previous message, you can take the next week and 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 add to it, and and so I'm glad for the opportunity to do that with this. You know, upon reflection, um, obviously we're all thinking about uh, the, the the challenge of terrorism and ISIS and ISIL and so on. Oh yes. And I, I, I've been struck with the fact, Dan, that what we're dealing with with the, with pornography is the moral slash spiritual equivalent of terrorism. It's really what it is, and it doesn't just behead, it destroys whole people. And, and I think if we think of a subject like that, um, as, as horrible as terrorism is, in a sense, it can become kind of a means of grace for us in this sense. We don't think about the battle with sin in any arena as being literally a life-and-death matter. And terrorism reminds us of that. Um, second thing, second thing, I really wanted to emphasize, and I didn't think I, I made this as clear, made this point as clearly as I should have the previous time. Um, if, if people aren't genuine Christians, what I mean by that is they have put their trust, lock, stock, and barrel in Christ as Lord and Savior, and as prophet, priest, and king. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to win this battle with pornography or any other sin. It will not happen. Mm-hmm. And maybe this illustration will help. Um, when, when people are outside of Christ, they, they don't have any protection against the terrorist attacks of, of the devil, the world, and the flesh. They simply have no, Jesus would say, we have no ability to deal with these things. That's what we call a state of reigning, dominating sin. And it doesn't mean people are as bad as they could be. Otherwise, we, we wouldn't be able to live in the world. God restrains things. But there's no internal principle to battle sin. Mm-hmm. Now, when people become Christians, the Bible says essentially that the reign of sin is done. Sin will no longer have dominion over you, for you're not under law but under grace. Subsequently, though, Paul goes on in Romans in chapter 7 and says we're still going to battle with sin, and he uses battle imagery there. I think it will be helpful for your listeners, and, and I, I'm trusting that your, your listeners are by and large Christians, and if they're not, they'll become Christians. We are all dealing not with reigning, dominating sin, if we're Christians, but remaining, indwelling sin, 
and and sin for us is like a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, there, you know, the the devil has his own versions of devices that that uh, improvised explosive devices that that hit us on the pathway of our lives. And and I think if 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 your listeners get that as a framework for what they're dealing with, it will be a big help in looking at the whole picture. For sure. The um, last time we spoke, two weeks ago, we also mentioned that people who get caught up in the sin of pornography also carry a good deal of guilt with them, those Christians that are trying to deal with this remaining indwelling sin. And and could you just address that briefly? Yeah, it's not just guilt, but it's shame and a sense of being defeated, a sense of being... Uh, uh, it's like Christian with Apollyon in Pilgrim's Progress. You're kind of flat on your back. And, and I think there we'll come to this at the end. The gospel makes provision for all of these things. We have to keep reminding ourselves that, as the old hymn puts it, Jesus' blood was shed for sins of deepest dye, and that includes sins of giving in to the lust of the flesh. Mm. Um, uh, the, the, the shame that we have, you, you, you come to Christ and you're still a child of God. Uh, my, my children may, may do some horrible things, they're still my children, and, and, uh, but, but I think those things, well, then what happens is Christians begin to wonder, am I truly a child of God? Because, I've, because I, have, I do struggle with this. Uh, there's where the Lord forgives 70 times, seven in a day comes in, and, and, and if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And, and, and I think it's really hard for Christians to grasp this, but it's so important. When we sin... If so long as we are coming to Christ for our need, and, and in many cases, I speak very personally in this, I have to pray that the Lord give me a softened heart toward my own sin. Mm. It's not just repenting of them, but asking that the Lord give us greater sensitivity to them, that he, that, that he give us to hate sins more. I mean, this is what I mean, lock, stock, and barrel. When, in fact, we're coming to Christ uh, we hear him in his word, as it were, telling us to do these things. That's the very evi- That's a very evidence that we're Christians. Mm. It's when, God forbid, we numb ourselves to those things, we just give in, we give up. Um, that's when it gets scary, and I beg with your listeners, if they're in that state, don't give up. Jesus is, is, a, is an ever-present help for us in our time of need. Mm. Amen to that. I love this idea of, of, Bill, of hating our sin completely with all of our person, as you put it, lock, stock, and barrel. Yeah. Uh, that, in other words, either we're sold out to Jesus or we're not. Right. Yeah, and I think now in that, uh, as we mentioned last time, basically you have the Bible saying, flee youthful lusts. And uh, it's not just a matter of preaching the gospel to ourselves. If I'm put in a place of temptation, then I, you've got to get away from it, whether it's a computer screen or... That's hard. It's a co-worker, and you're tempted. I mean, there's, you've, you've got to... Uh, you still have to flee youthful lust. Now, that's where the warrant in Scripture put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts is, is intensely practical. As we mentioned last time, it's a suit of clothes that we put on when we put on Christ that, that essentially dresses us for our particular challenges out there. And, and that's why it's, it's, 
a lot of these things people need to work through when they need help with a pastor or a trusted confidant. What do I do if I'm with a coworker and and that coworker has a particular there's chemistry there and there's a particular attraction? Uh, how do I deal with this? And here, frankly, we we need one another to to address it. Uh, I know for myself, rather simply, I I, I, I simply. I, I do not do any counseling of members of the opposite sex um, when I'm alone. Most of it's done at my study, which is at the house, and it's never done unless my wife is in the house and makes it clear that she's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be an example for me of putting on the Lord Jesus Christ as a suit of clothes suitable to me and my calling and making no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. It seems that um, uh, in addition to that, this naturally reminds us of the need for, let's say, a brother in the Lord having another Christian brother that he's a, kind of accountable to and, right. and he can share with, he can trust maybe more personal information with and say, you know what, I'm really struggling here. Can you yeah. pray for me? Yeah, exactly, Dan. I know there are ways, there's the Covenant Eyes program people can get, uh, as we mentioned, uh, on the computer that actually will send to an accountability partner the sites that you're looking at. The thing is, there's ways to circumvent that. Um, and, and I don't know what it is. There's something about our, our, our minds when we're dealing with mechanical things, and we're, you know, we're meant to have dominion over them. We try to get around it. <laughs> and, and I don't think there really is any substitute for a trusted confidant, somebody that you can really open up to, um, who, who, and you just let him know, uh, you know, this is what I'm dealing with. Or in the case of women, a, a female confidant, and I mean, you work together. These are two guys on a battlefield, or two gals on a battlefield, and and you're helping one another, so so that you both don't get blown up, so to speak. Right. I think if we look at it like that. Um, the very personal aspect of it, that, that helps. Um, whether that confidant should be your wife, uh, I, know, I know for me it is. Uh, Margaret and I have been married 38 years, and uh, we, we are very honest with one another. I'm never real explicit about what the particular temptation is or who it's with, but to let her know I'm undergoing a particular time of temptation, and then we have things that we do to help with that. Mm. But each, again, each person's got to work this out, but you've got to do it or you're going to get killed on the spiritual battlefield. Yes, it, it is a very serious matter, and I love the way you uh, set this up, and that is it is a life and death matter, and people, w- we all need to get this through our through our brains, that this is very much like terrorism in the spiritual realm, as you put it. Exactly. You mentioned last time, Dan, modesty, um, and, and this is, frankly, this would be something I think would be great for you to deal with with oh, the godly woman or women on, on the program. Um, I think what needs to be said, of course, now, you know, if this is always more pertinent when you come to April and May and June and you come to the warmer weather and it seems that, uh, you know, women's clothing can become more scant. Um, I, I think a few things here. One, women need to realize that men are visually oriented and most dress is designed, whether women realize it or not, to be very to be very, very seductive in the way mm-hmm. necklines look and hemlines and, and even the, you know, the cut of the material and the way it fits the body and so on. That in itself ought to be repulsive to us. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that that's one thing. I think second, Christian women realizing they are not their own. They're bought with a price. And that price is not a price paid by Victoria's Secret. It is a price that's paid by Christ that they be holy and they need to live out of that. I think another thing is moms and dads uh, need to be proactive with this. A dad, I think, should have final say over whether uh, his daughter's garments or or even his wife's garments are proper when they go out. Um, Moms and daughters should speak frankly about this. It becomes a good opportunity for interaction. And I think last, but, but probably what ought to be first in this, is a woman's inner character. Uh, the Apostle Peter speaks of, of, of a meek and a quiet and a gentle spirit and adornment is not to be external only, but the heart. Mm. When, when women realize they are Christ's, they are keeping the, the, their, their, their beauty that they have is, first of all, an inner beauty, and it's really marred if they look seductive. When women come to grips with these internal issues, the external ones will will usually will usually work themselves out in a wise way. Mm, yeah, well put. It seems to me that just very simple. I've got a simple mind that as a young man goes or an older man even goes to church, it should be uh, one of the safest places exactly. on planet Earth to attend. And uh, this life and death struggle, this these terrorist attacks in the sinful, sensual realm should should be more or less absent as much as possible uh, in, in church. Exactly, Dan, yeah, because the church is to be a, a, a haven of heaven, so to speak. Yeah. I know our one practical thing for your church officers who listen, uh, when, when spring comes, and uh, usually we're reminded in one way or another that ladies' fashions are changing, we have what we call a, 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 a housekeeping meeting, uh, which is not a congregational meeting. We do it after worship, and we just graciously and, 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 and lovingly, but, uh, but rather firmly remind people of the kinds of things we've spoken about, that mm. the dress should be appropriate to worship, uh, that, that women should be very careful that, that what they wear is, is not, not going to be a stumbling block, and moms and dads should assume their responsibilities. And, and that usually... And sometimes you need to give another reminder later in the season. There may be visitors that come in, and they're not aware of this, and you work with it, but, but uh, you be patient. But when it comes to our own church families, that, that seems to have been a, uh, a beneficial and satisfactory way of dealing with this. Yeah, well put. Well, today we're talking about this touchy yet important issue of pornography. We touched upon it last, what, two weeks ago, Bill, and uh, we're coming back and talking more about it today. Bill, you're a pastor in the Orthodox Presbyterian Church on Long Island. You're one of the advisors of Redeemer. We look to you for wisdom and guidance for the network here. We, again, thank you for all that you have done for us. As we continue talking about this subject, what is one of the, one of the heavy burdens you carry on your heart uh, as you work with people in the church? Well, I think... Well, first of all, let me say what an honor it is to work with Redeemer. I, the church that I pastor, our church families, are so thankful for a network that is faithful to the scriptures, faithful to the historic Christian faith, uh, that upholds the high view of the church that we're meant to have, and so on. So this is this is completely our honor. Um, let, let me answer your question this way, Dan. Um, one of the things that is all too often missing 
in this discussion about holiness is is frankly the most important. And, and let me let me just give this little historical note. Back back in the in the eighteen hundreds, there was a pastor in Scotland, a very famous pastor. His name was Thomas Chalmers. Um, and he had a ministry in Glasgow, and and was a brilliant man. Uh, it, it's just amazing to read his sermons and realize that people could follow these. He was brilliant and had a phenomenal ministry. Without doubt, his most famous sermon, and in my opinion, one of the most remarkable sermons in the history of the Christian Church, was a sermon called "The Expulsive Power of a Superior Affection." The Expulsive Power of a Superior Affection, Thomas Chalmers, C-H-A-L-M-E-R-S. It's available on the Internet. Chalmers basically develops this point. When, when John says in 1 John 2, don't, don't love the world, um, if, anyone, if anyone loves the world, um, he says don't love the world or the things in the world, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And for all that's in the world, the desires of the flesh, which of course is where what pornography is, the desires of the eyes and pride and possession. In fact, that all that all fits in with pornography. I want this this woman, this object, is not from the Father, but is from the world, and the world is passing away along with its lusts or desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. He builds on this. Whoever loves the world and these outcroppings of it. The love of the Father is not in him. And the point that he makes so profoundly, so powerfully, and when you think of it so practically, is in order to put to death any any inferior or wicked lust, you have to have a superior passion. Um, and, and that superior passion is God, it is God in Christ, it's the kingdom of God, it's the work of the Spirit, it's everything connected with this God who has revealed himself in the Bible and supremely in Christ. Now, now let me give just a little, a little analogy. Um, my, the, the, greatest, uh, the greatest impediment to my falling into the sin of adultery or, or giving myself to pornography is not saying all the time, Bill, you don't commit adultery, you don't commit adultery, you don't commit adultery, though I thank God for that and I say it. It's, I love my wife, and, and, and I don't want anything to come into my relationship that would mar that. And it, and it is perhaps even more than that, her love for me that, that it extinguishes and, and, and constantly works to extinguish a wicked passion. That's the way it is in our relationship with God in any area of holiness. Now, that's why when the Bible talks about putting off things, you know, putting off in Ephesians and Colossians and elsewhere, you know, putting off fornication and idolatry, putting on love and meekness and gentleness, that's what it's doing. It's saying it's not enough not to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Your whole life has to be passionate for what is Good and right. I, I don't want to. I want you to interact. Just give you another illustration. Um, one of the things that puts a check. I, I just, frankly, the whole 
you know, the, the whole realm of pedophilia. I even hate to mention the name and, and what's done to little children as an outcropping of, of, of pornography. When, when you stop to realize you're not to put a stumbling block in front of children or to be godly examples to them, they're made in God's image or to bring blessings. See, those superior passions, when they're at work in us, will drive out those base, inferior, and destructive passions. And that's powerful stuff. Yes. I love that. Um, you're replacing something bad with good. Um, this this great impediment would be your your focus and your adoration for your wife that God has given you, all underneath the lordship of our, our Lord Jesus Christ. We always love him the most, but he gives us the ability to really love our wife and um, on the flip side, um, an exposure for our our sin would be when that relationship with our wife breaks down and we're having a tough time, maybe there's argument, it's then I think that we especially need to watch ourselves because we've, we've allowed really a foothold for Satan to come in. Exactly right, Dan. Oh, yeah, that's why the Bible says don't let the, the sun go down on your wrath or give the devil an opportunity. And I think filling, um, you know, if we have, if, if, if our, um, our emotions, our temperaments, our drives, our desires are a container with stuff in it, and, and, there, and, there's, a, and there's a gallon of this stuff, the goal is to give that full gallon to stuff that that is good and edifying and gracious. It, it comes down to I'm taking part of the gallon that is this stuff that is at work when I'm on the internet, and a hundred percent of it goes for what is righteous and good. I mean, this goes beyond pornography. Yeah. This is not wasting time in with, with things that are that are just that are just waste <laughs> waste of time and not edifying. Um, rather than spending my time and my energies with with people or, or, or doing things with people, I don't even want to mention them, that are mm-hmm. destructive, I think of how to use that time for something that is edifying and good. I mean, for a husband, that's why Paul says, let the husband render to his wife what is due to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, your, your body is, is not your own. It's really hers and vice versa. And, and Dan... Um, Pastors need to work this out with people. People need to work it out, or we're going to end up having simply a legalistic mindset that is not going to work. Mm, so true. Now, Bill, I'm looking at the clock here. I realize we got about three minutes left <laughs> to our discussion today. Um, maybe a wrap-up thought, and maybe a word to those who are yet single, um, how to deal with their own passions. Well, that's something... Paving the way for other programs. That's a, <laughs> I think. I think there. The, the, the Paul even addresses this. The one who is single, yeah, is is free of a wife, free of the world, that he or she might serve the Lord. Mm. And so the principle then becomes to fill the time with those duties and those and those uh, those those privileges, those things of service, those things of work uh, that are edifying to others, that give healthy communication with others. We don't have the time to spin out what those are. Uh, but certainly it's a good question. It's something that needs to be worked out. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say, and I don't want to leave apart from this note, we're going-
going to sin in these areas. Men will, women will, singles will, married people will, um, be, because the, 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 we're peculiarly vulnerable in ourselves and in the culture. Never forget the, the promise, if we confess our sins, we agree with him. Um, he is faithful, and he's just to forgive us our sins. He can be just because he satisfied his, his justice in Christ and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We, we, if we're planets, then we need to revolve around that sun in the solar system of our Christian lives and, and never, never get out of that gravitational pull. Uh, amen. Well, today we've been having the pleasure of uh, talking with Pastor Bill Shishko of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church on Long Island in Franklin Square. Bill serves as one of the advisors here at Redeemer. We've been talking about this sensitive yet important subject of pornography. If you have a question for Pastor Bill Shishko, I would encourage you to use the email address here at the station. It is ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. And then I'll forward your question on to Pastor Bill Shishko. You don't have to dump the whole load into it. Uh, Just uh, if you have something personal, just indicate that, and that way he can contact you directly. Uh, This is a plain answer, and uh, this entire broadcast is up on our website. Please check it out. We're found at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Bill Shishko, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure and my privilege, Dan. (laughs) To our listener, please join us next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.